I have the thing that will help you sleep or go back to sleep when you wake up in the middle of the night and it is 50% off. Yes, it's CBD oil and it is my go-to when I'm anxious, stressed, or my head is spinning in the middle of the night and I can't sleep. I love Feels CBD oil. I found Feels a little over a year ago. I started experimenting with it and it's given me so much peace now. Knowing that I have that if I wake up in the middle of the night and it will help me go back to sleep. Feels uses 100% organic MCT oil as the carrier oil to stabilize and increase CBD's bioavailability. Their products are formulated with only the purest ingredients and without the use of fillers, flavors, or unnecessary fluff. CBD oil naturally helps to reduce stress, anxiety, and pain, and sleeplessness. And the way it works is that CBD interacts with your endocannabinoid system. So just like we have receptors for dopamine and serotonin, we also have receptors for cannabinoids. And these receptors act like traffic cops to control the level and activity of neurotransmitters. It is not addictive, and there are no psychoactive properties. It couldn't be easier to use. Just place a few drops under your tongue, hold it there, swallow. You will feel the difference instantaneously. The best way to get high-quality CBD oil at a discount is to become a Feels member. That gives you 30% off, which is huge. I'm a Feels member, and I have the 2,400-milligram bottle shipped monthly. Yes, I recently upped my dose. There's no shame in that. If you've tried CBD oil before and it didn't work, it's probably because you weren't taking enough. With our special code, you actually get 50% off your first order. So become a member today by going to feels.com forward slash wellfed, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. They also have CBD mints and you can subscribe to those as well and get a discount. Again, that's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com forward slash well-fed to become a member and get 50% automatically. You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com. And you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Wellfed Women podcast. This is episode number 402. I am your host, Noelle Tarr of coconutsandkettlebells.com. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. If you want to search any of the past 401 episodes that we have done, go to Coconuts Cowbells, click podcast at the top. There you will see a list of all of the topics we have discussed, and you can click on those and see the podcast episodes that relate to that topic. Or you could just go back to number one and listen to them all in order. You'll have a lot of content and we'll, we'll spend a lot of time together. And I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie Ruper. She's the founder of paleoforwomen.com, author of Sexy by Nature. She, we, her and I are both of the, both of, both authors of the book, Coconuts and Kettlebells, which you can get on Amazon right now. It's recipes. It's like the podcast in book form, uh, mindset tips, meal plans, workouts. It's great. It's a great gift for the holidays. Put it under the tree for your favorite person. Our topics today are going to include shifts we make as the holidays approach, women gaining muscle, hating exercise, breastfeeding and weight loss, and green powders. Hi, Stephanie. You are forever forgetting you're on mute. Did you see that? I went, hello, and I raised my hand, and then I said, 
frick. And I put my head on the table. Um, so, um, so Noel and I record on video now, which is actually kind of new for us. And Noel was just introducing the podcast and I don't know how much she looks at what I'm doing, but I just went into, <laughs> just went into this wardrobe change. Did you notice? I, now I look I, like I'm wearing a totally new outfit. I put my hair up and I wrapped my shawl around me and now I'm in like a totally new outfit. <laughs> I will say the, the, that's a very useful, cause it looks like a small scarf, but now it looks like a sweater. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's a thin scarf and I just wrapped it around me to create a, to create a new outfit for this, um, for this recording and the sun is, the sun is starting to set. So my light is dimming a little bit and I apologize, but, um, hello everybody. Hello. A mood shift, a vibe shift. A vibe shift. Yes. Because I am six hours ahead of you, which feels so much more than five. Cause I used to be five when I was, it was, I was in Britain and now it's six that I'm in France and six oh. hours ahead just feels like a lot more than five. I don't know why, yeah. but it does. Yeah. Well, welcome. I'm happy you're here. Your, your mood shift and your, your outfit shift was very nice. <laughs> your, you know, your apartment looks really nice. Thank you. It's an Airbnb. Okay. Um, it started as an Airbnb and I got super lucky because my host, it was very open to, you know, me, me sticking around. Cause I like it a lot. Um, so yeah, all the nice stuff isn't mine. Uh, the boxes in the back over there are, uh, a, it's a set of dumbbells that I got delivered today. I'm super excited because I miss weightlifting so much. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, going to actually, that my plan is to set that up when we're done. Very excited. Good. Nice. Yeah. It makes such a difference. Cool. And you got, you got good space there where you could do stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's been recently renovated. I do. Um, well, I haven't been weightlifting cause I haven't had weights. And so when the space behind me, I've been doing like Tabata, you know, like mm, on yes. YouTube, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 20 minutes in the morning, get my blood yeah. pumping 24 minutes. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what this space is for. Um, your room looks, uh, lovely. As always, nice neutral tones. Yeah, I've been meaning to do a bedroom renovation. It's one of those things that's like last on the list. So my furniture that you can see, like the the orangish furniture dresser chest, that's like from like high school, <laughs> high school and college. I think my mom like found it on Craigslist. There was like a big stain on on my dresser, and my mom like had it refinished by some person that she found to do it for free. So like all of this furniture is just so we've been meaning to, and then, you know, you have kids and then they need furniture. Like I, I'd rather just spend it on them um, because I don't spend a lot of time in a room, but now I do. So now I'm like, maybe I should like put some thought into my bedroom, <laughs> whatever motherhood. I don't have an office, so not anymore. But also if I did, I'd probably still, I'd still podcast from here because this is the quietest room. You've got the You've got the sound absorber behind me, which is my bed. You've got the carpet. You know, it's like, it's going to be the best sound and also the quietest. Cause like, I'm not going to be able to do anything downstairs. Well, so. Yeah. And y'all remember that Noelle podcasted literally like in, in her, the racks of clothes in her closet. Yeah. And one time we recorded and it didn't look good on camera. <laughs> I so I one time we recorded an episode. So I was um, in one of the buildings in Oxford. Like not, not where I would like normally recorded. Yes. And I literally, Noel had me like, I mean, we agreed that this is what I was going to do. Like I took a, I took a scarf and I like draped it around my head like this, like, and this is, this is, this is how we, it was yeah, funny. That was how we podcasted. So. Yeah. 
Didn't weren't we interviewing somebody? We had yeah, somebody else. It was on a big deal, that. and I I'm not sure why I, yeah. I had to be there, but I don't know. That's that that, that happened. Speaking of favorite podcast, because moments, you're yeah. Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, yes, <yeah>, true. <laughs> it's true. Okay. Um, quick updates, reminders. It is when this episode comes out. It's early November. There is a lot of Black Friday deals and sales, specifically with um, some of our sponsors. This is not sponsored, but I just I know a lot of you are always looking for a good sale, and so am I. Bond Charge, I know historically has done. I'm talking about this before I know any details, by the way. So I'm just going to be a predictor. Bond Charge has um, historically always done a really big site-wide sale, which is awesome. So, and that's the blue light blocking glasses and all of that stuff. Some things um, that I am going to be looking into this year, Caraway, who makes really, really great ceramic pans, is likely going to be doing a big sale. Um, I'm not sure about feels. I don't feel like they will. Oh, Beauty Counter is going to be doing a big site-wide sale. So it's usually like... 15% off, but then up to 25% off and then also free shipping. So this is when you want to stock up or make a swap or whatever. Um, You can join my clean beauty list and I will send out clean beauty deals. I bet Dime Beauty will do something. So I'll try to like summarize it. I know Primally Pure will as well. Um, So I will summarize it. If you go to coconutsatkettleballs.com slash beauty, sign up there. I'll summarize that. That's where I send all the beauty stuff. Um, And they sometimes do my own special things. Lomi is our new, which I am in love with, uh, our new, my new, it's like a home composter. Um, and it's amazing. And I'm sure that they will have some sort of black Friday deal. It's probably my new favorite home gadget. Um, it just takes all of our food scraps. So I, don't, I haven't told you about this stuff. It's like, um, it's like probably like this big, but we have so much food scraps. Like we have eggshells, avocado rinds, um, like just tons of stuff like that, especially with kids, like cutting the butts off of tomatoes. And for us, coffee grinds, coffee filters, like all of that builds up. And that's usually all what our whole trash is. And so now we kind of have like a bin. It looks like a big flower pot and we put all the stuff in and we dump it into the Lomi and then it processes it overnight and it turns it into probably like a fourth of a cup of dirt. So then I go and I put it out in my garden overnight and mix it into my garden. Yes. Isn't that awesome? So now we don't have the trash. It it composts it all. And then we have like really calcium mineral rich stuff that we mix into our, cause I have, we have raised beds now, but we also have a ton of pots and flower pots and stuff and we mix it into the soil. So we're trying to figure out how to save it so that when we we have, we've got a new like raised flower bed that we're going to do ne- not raised flower bed, but a raised bed. I'm going to do um, raspberries and strawberries next year. I'm going to just try. So we want to save the dirt and that nutrient rich dirt for the springs. We got to figure out how to store it, but it's awesome. Trying to like really reduce our waste. Cause I, we're, we're almost going through a trash bag a day now with just the four of us, you know, it's a, we're a lot of people and I don't love that. So, um, Anyway, awesome. And then um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I will send out an email to my list with all the other Black Friday stuff because I know Serenity Kids will do something. And that's like the kids' sippy pouches. I know that um, Thrive Market, I don't know, but I do know, uh, what's that brand that we, not Prime, Primally Pure, uh, Primal, not Primal Life, Mark Sisson's brand. What is it called? I came off mute for that, like lightning. I was like, oh, 
you know, cause <laughs> yes. I can't unmute for the life of me, but I was a quiz bowl champion first in the state growing up. And so oh. like when it's time for me to answer a question, I can do it. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, Primal, Primal Kitchen. Kitchen always does a big site. Wait, <laughs> they always do a big site wide sale. So, um, stock yourself up on the things and, um, I'll send some emails out. Um, do you just, okay. Question after your many years in Europe, and then we'll get to our things after your many years in Europe. Now, do they care about, do they do any sort of like holiday since there's no Thanksgiving? Do they do any sort of like big black Friday sales or is that not a thing? I mean, I couldn't say for sure. And I've been living in the UK. This is my first time on the continent, um, around that time of year. So I'll pay attention as it comes. Uh, there's definitely like that culture of sales for the holiday is, yeah, I think it's, I think it's everywhere. Um, and there are a lot of like cross brands. And so I think it, I think it does happen, but it's different. And people definitely use black Friday as an example of like, wow, America's nuts. You know, like that's like, that's a thing, like, you know, because there is a, there is some distance from, like the like intentional distance from consumerism, you know, and, and laws against billboards and you know what, like there's just um, there were there were more barriers and, and a little bit less interest, you know, like there's um, that here. And so people do look at Black Friday and they're like, yeah, that's nuts. And in a lot of places, people are like, you know, quite firm about like labor rights standards and how many holidays you get a year and how many days you get to take mm-hmm. off. And so the whole idea of like Americans having to, you know, people live in the States having to wake up at this time, you know, it's just like, wow. <laughs> so, so there's a lot here that's different. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, I can but, see but, that. but people are, we're consumerists all over. So, um, you know, and the, and the Christmas and new year holidays and stuff are, are very, very present here. So, yeah. Yeah. I had some thoughts about that and now I forgot them, but I mean, there's plenty of like, there's plenty of companies that, sell to Americans. So of course, everybody's going to want to do Black Friday sales. Oh, what I was going to say is I did see a shift last year. So we, um, we always typically, everybody knows I like Black Friday. Okay. It's just what I do. But, um, and it's because I was kind of raised in that where it was like fun to find the deal kind of thing. Um, if you're already going to get it, like, let's get it on sale. Like we didn't have a ton of money growing up. So it was always, we were looking Mm -hmm. for sales. Um, and so (sighs) I noticed that this past year, what Ken and I usually have liked to do is if we are all together as a family, it's always been a date night for us. So if we do thanks, we always do Thanksgiving earlier, eat eating wise. And then it's like, oh, we'll put the kids to bed. And then we'll, if my mom and dad are in town or whoever's in town, we can run to the store together, him and I, we have so much fun doing it. And we'll like go to old Navy and maybe he'll get a shirt or a jacket or a vest and, (laughs) um, and then to target. So wholesome. (laughs) Whatever a vest. Yeah. Um, but this is when we were younger, probably wouldn't do that now, but we, it's, it's codes for kids, man, every year. Now I'm at the stage where they did go through them every two years, which is nice, but it was like, let's go to old Navy and just get a few things like a coat and whatever for Christmas. And then we would go to target and just kind of see what toys were on sale. And if anything we'd planned on getting was on sale and it just, you know, it was like a fun little thing that we did, but last year, and I do think it's just because of like sort of the post 2020 phase, nobody was opening on Thanksgiving. You remember it was like this push, you know, all of a sudden it was like Mm -hmm. Black Friday deals earlier. Now it's midnight. Now it's Thanksgiving night. And all of a sudden nobody was open. And because the big stores weren't open because Target and all these people were putting their foot down, nobody Mm -hmm. else opened. 
So it was really a Black Friday only thing, which I don't like going out necessarily on Black Friday. Um, Thanksgiving only because it is now please. just so fussy well I kind of like that quietness yeah there's just too many people I don't want to wait so you like Black Friday but like only when it conforms to your very specific (laughs) unique holiday needs exactly like Like a a true millennial millennial. Um, I recently saw something for like a a, like a pre-Black Friday sale happening now which happens to be mid-October which is just like okay you know okay yeah yeah, I don't know how much I believe that. I'm like, is this a marketing strategy? Well, it's, I don't all, believe it's all marketing strategy. <laughs> is it? Are you going to have a bigger sale? Oh, no, I see. Okay. I'll wait. <laughs> yes. Um, so Stephanie, this is from Stephanie with a PH. She says, with the holidays soon approaching, do you make any changes to your eating slash dietary practices? Um, not really, because the rhythm of my life is such that I'm quite consistent when it's, when I like go about doing stuff, like, I mean, my, my day to day is like quite the same, but there's also like some variety built in. And then when stuff comes my way, I do it. Right. So, um, and I'm pretty intentional about deviating, you know, whatever that means, uh, not like too, like too often, you know? So what, what, what it is for me is I don't like building new habits that move me from the habits I like. So I like my special things to stay special things. It's so easy, right? For example, like I can have a croissant in the morning and I love it. I don't, I don't, I could do it every day, but I don't want it to be every day. And I think it's like good for my physical health and also like our relationship with the whole concept of rewards and like specialness is, is very important. And if special things become habitual, they're no longer special period. And that's actually a big part of like a big part of the problem. (laughs) There's a lot of big problems, but like with the whole consumerist landscape, you know, you just get so used to having a certain amount of stuff and a certain quality of stuff, and then it's not enough and you need more. And so I'm very intentional about letting special things stay special. And I do have croissants because I love them, but I don't do it every day. And it enables me to love them more actually. And there were things that I do have every day, like coffee, and I will never stop loving coffee. Well, I actually probably will, but it's not today. Today is not the day. Day is not the day. And so, um, so yeah, so like, so the rhythm of my life is I usually are on the side of having a lot of vegetables and I eat a lot of dairy products these days because I live in France and it's amazing. And um, if I go out for dinner with people or whatever, like I'll, I'll eat some of this stuff, you know. Um, normally when I go out to restaurants, I get um, appetizers as mains, especially in the United States because the mains are so huge. What do they call them? Entrees? Like they're just gigantic. Like just talking Mm. about like going out and having a lot of social things to do. Just like, that's a, that's a dining out practice of mine Um, or taking, you know, taking some of it home, but um, no. So yeah, my, that is consistent for me. Um, And I always make my food choices almost always with like, with, and my life choices, actually, most of my choices <laughs> um, are made with the heuristic of like, what will I like looking back, like wish I would have done, you know, and uh, and and that's really helpful for me because it, it was very easy for me for mindlessly to like eat a whole tray of cookies. Like I, I could do that very, very easily. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but I also but like I know that. And so um, 
And honestly, when I start, the more sugar I have, the more like more sugar I have. And I'm talking about this because I like the whole cookie thing at this season. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. I can have like a, a few bites and that's like fine. But I, I, I know that. And once I have a taste of something, I've tasted it. Cool. I'm setting it aside. Otherwise I'm going to get on that sugar train. I don't want to be on the sugar train. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm just, I'm really intentional about that. And I've been through so many of this, you know, so many of the seasons. Um, and I like yeah. having like the flexibility is built in. So I don't need to worry about, you know, like, what well, does this have to look different? Cause it doesn't like I'll, I'll stay flexible, but still within the bounds of like, I'm, I'm keeping this train on the tracks that I like it on. It's interesting to hear you talk about that because I kind of got this moment of like, wow, it's really different to be because there's two sides of this, which is like in my 20s, I used to or whatever, maybe not in my but like early 20s. And when I was really dieting and stuff, it would be the holidays and you'd have to change things and eat less so that you could splurge more and try to really make sure you're working out. And I would push hard to make sure that I was like getting a workout in the day after Thanksgiving and being on the other side of that. And knowing that, I mean, I can eat whatever I want. It's not like, a, you know, you you make the good food, you can enjoy the good food, you can enjoy the good leftovers. Um, but also still like, there's a different perspective now. Like, it's not that I, I still limit, like when I was in the dieting mentality, it was limited because it's bad. And, oh, now you can have it on Thanksgiving. So then you binge and you overdo it, right? On this On this side of it, which is, I, whatever it's, it's a dessert. It's a cookie. I can eat it. I cannot. I find that I like limiting myself a little bit more. Like I actually enjoy being like, I'm going to pick one dessert instead of five. Yeah. Right. Because I know how I'm going to feel. I would, I have five. Same. Like, so I am intentionally like, how do you, how do you want to enjoy? And like that whole idea of like, keep the special mm-hmm. special. Like, I don't really, I'm not interested in eating something if it's like, okay. Like, I, I think you and I were talking about if it's not a hell yes, mm-hmm. then it's a no with, with like fashion and clothes. And so that's kind of where I am with food because food, I know and deeply understand the profound effect food has on me at this point. And I don't want to feel crappy. Like I can quickly get into crappy and it quickly affects my workouts. I just, you know, I'm not good with lactose. So I would love to expand and, and, you know, just eat whatever I want, but I don't, at the same time, I don't, which is interesting, right? Because I know that my worth isn't tied to that. I'm not choosing foods based on morality. I'm making educated decisions based on how I want to feel and what are, what do I want to enjoy? And so selective enjoyment actually means I enjoy the things more. I feel better. I can then choose a different dessert the next night, or maybe I just really like whatever, let's call it brownies. Maybe I'm just really big on brownies. So like, I'm just going to keep eating the brownies, even though there's other things there, like, because I know I like that the best, like, I'm just going to keep eating that. So it's not that I'm changing or restricting or intentionally, you know, dieting. It's just, there's a lot available. There's a lot of parties coming up. There's, you know, fun. it's fun to be with friends. I get to make a lot of food. I'm excited about that. I get to make my biscuits. We get to make awesome turkey. I'm going to make a few different types of desserts. But now I get to make the decision about like, well, what's my favorite? What do I want to prioritize? And that's usually more based on how do I want to feel versus like, oh, I don't want to gain weight. Like, it's you know, um, so I really like this place. I like to be in that space because now I don't feel sick and I'm working with my body to like, feel better. And I know everything's available to me, but I just get to choose my favorites. So 
Hopefully that made sense. Okay, so don't go anywhere because I'm about to tell you about my favorite new kitchen gadget of 2022. Your mind will be blown. I tried composting twice, actually. We invested quite a bit of time and money into it, and each time we failed, like failed miserably. <laughs> We're smart people, but it was super complicated, and we ended up it just, the whole thing ended up being more work for us than we could handle. Then I found out about Lumi. If you've struggled with the amount of trash and waste you are producing, this will change your life. Lumi allows you to turn scraps like onion skins, coffee grinds, tea, eggshells, avocado rinds, and more into dirt overnight. It is a countertop electric composter that's quiet and eco-conscious. As a family, we're at a point where we throw away a bag of garbage a day, which kills me. Now it's cut that in half, so we've seen a reduction in our waste by 50%, and we use less garbage bags. Lomi is about the size of a crock pot. You load in all your scraps throughout the day. You add a little tablet, which contains beneficial microbes, and turn it on. A large half-gallon bucket of scraps will reduce down to a handful of dirt. There's also a setting where you can add things like paper bags and coffee filters and compost that. We're taking this dirt and letting it sit over the winter in a five-gallon bucket. Then we will mix it in a one to 10 ratio in the soil in our yard and garden. Lomi quite literally has changed our family's waste and I love it. It's one of the best investments we've made this year. To grab one, head to lomi.com slash wellfed and use the promo code wellfed to get $50 off. That's $50 off at lomi.com, L-O-M-I.com forward slash wellfed and then use the promo code wellfed. Food waste is gross. Lumi is your solution. This makes a great holiday gift, but I recommend moving fast as there's a limited supply for November. Yeah, um, no, I'm totally on board with that. I so I go to this bakery that makes this amazing quiche. Oh, it's so good. And um, it's just fantastic. <laughs> really loving the food culture here. Um, <laughs> but there's, I mean, there's just like, rows and you know there's so much stuff that you just walk in and you're like this looks amazing you know but I know that like this one quiche is the one thing that I'm gonna like yeah. really really benefit from and I do intend to try some of the things in good time I think another important thing about treats is like it doesn't all have to be right now you know mm-hmm. um and yeah. You know, I mean, nothing ever has to be and and something that I am doing as I'm getting older is like thinking about like, what, what is it that we're chasing in life? You know, like I, I think sometimes food is one thing, uh, alcohol, coffee activities, like literally anything we can get sucked into something and just like keep chasing more and more and more of it, you know, but like at the end of the day, like everything, everything about our lives are still the same. Right. So I just, I want all of my choices to be like, you know, this is for enjoying something right now for mm-hmm. a little, like for a little bit. And then I got to let it go and move on to the next thing, you know, then you put it behind you and you move on. to. So anyway, all in good time, I will try all of the treats at the bakery. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of them actually, but I'll have a few over the course of the next few months, probably. <laughs> Exciting. Please like capture this on Instagram. I know it's the most foodie I've ever been in my life. French bakery. It's, like, oh. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's pretty astounding. Yeah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Question number one is from Rachel. She says, how much muscle is realistically attainable as a female and still remain healthy? I feel like there are a lot of unrealistic role models out there. And despite eating enough and enough of the right mix of stuff, plus training for muscle growth, but never getting near how they look. Mm. Interesting question. Um, still remaining healthy. I mean, add on muscle to your heart's content. I don't think I'm not going to put an upper limit on how much muscle you carry. Um, I mean, we might talk about how much exercise is healthy for people at different points in their lives, you know, and what kinds of exercise. I think those are perfectly legitimate questions. Um, and in the pursuit of muscle mass, if you start doing things that, you know, might be overly restrictive or you're eating like a ton of protein, you know, getting macros out of balance or what have you. Like, I I would also want to talk about whether that is optimal for health, Uh, but in terms of an absolute number of like, how much muscle mass do I have? I think, I think um, I'm not, I'm not going to say that there would be too much as a female to be out and be unhealthy. Um, So, but if you're talking about unrealistic role models, right, then you're looking at probably at, at bodybuilders, you know, then you're, then you're looking at people who do this sort of thing for a living. And not only do they have a lot of muscle, but they're really lean. And that's like a very specific lifestyle, you know, and uh, hopefully people who are doing that are doing it with trainers and come in and out of that specific look, right. Or aren't in it all of the time. Um, and yeah. So like unrealistic to look at bodybuilders. Well, yeah. Cause I think they are coming in and out of that look and in bulking seasons will put on body fat and also, yeah. B also very important. Uh, muscle mass is easier to see when people are really lean. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's really funny because um, I am a little bit more lean currently than I have been in like the last several years, but also not the most of my, you know, you know what, what I've waxed and waned, but you know, people ask me all the time now, like, Oh, what do you, what do you do? You know, what have you, or like, you know, and I'm like, well, actually like I had, I, I lifted like the same amount of weight before, but people weren't, you know, so yeah. You know, people, so muscle mass is fantastic and it's healthy and it like helps with your metabolism and building muscle is a fantastic for like a lot of things in, in your body. And like, this is why I love lifting. Um, and so in terms of like unrealistic standards, like, I think there's both muscle, you know, um, which like, go ahead and put it on. If you can't like, you know, if you're trying to bulk and it's not happening, maybe you can work with a trainer to figure out why, but also like, you don't have to be all that sort of stuff, like go ahead and build muscle. But there's, so there's the muscle mass and there's also like the degree of leanness. Um, and both of those, I think what I would recommend is simply like doing the amount of weightlifting that feels good for your health and lifting heavy things, progressing, you know, you can keep progressing in terms of how much weight you lift. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold the aesthetic as a, as a specific goal, I guess is what I'm saying, because what you see in terms of your muscle mass and your body fat percentage, you know, doesn't, doesn't mean that you're not getting benefits from exercise. Yeah. One of the things that I think people miss is that, um, when you're at an elite level with any sport, whether it's bodybuilding or 
you're in the Olympics, you know, you, that elite level, when you get to an elite level of sport, even CrossFit, you move into territory of it's no longer, it, it, it you've gone beyond the, um, ad- not adoption curve. What's the curve of like, I don't know. I can't remember the the language now, but you get to a point where this is healthy. This is good for you. And then you can go beyond that point and you get this inverse relationship where it's now becoming detrimental to your health. And in order for elite level athletes and bodybuilders to get where they get, they're not resting enough. They're usually spending an enormous amount of time doing what they do. It's a full-time job, hours and hours and hours a day. And they're also probably putting, bringing in a lot of things to recover. So they're spending a lot of money and time doing special things to make sure that they can keep continue to put in that amount of effort or continue to work out that much. Otherwise, they would be injured and overtrained and all the things. So yes, we have a lot of un- unrealistic and unattainable um, role, quote unquote role models. I don't know what role models what you're talking about. Maybe you're talking, I think we can redefine what, what a role model is. Maybe you're just looking at people on Instagram who are super muscular and lean. And yeah, that that's, that's you're seeing one, like Steph said, they're, they're going in and out of those phases. You're only seeing it when they're in their best phase, right? You're seeing, you're seeing when they're at their leanest and you're seeing them within the right lighting and maybe with some tanning stuff and maybe a little contouring that you don't know about, but that's what you're seeing. You're, you're seeing people at their best. Um, and you're seeing people who get to spend a ton of time and have a lot of money invested and, maybe, you know, their health isn't the best. And so when you have, when you're figuring out what's right for you, and also let me be honest, some people are taking things that help them get there. Okay. Um, a lot of women and men in sports, especially at the elite level are taking things not that are not, they shouldn't be taking, or that maybe it doesn't matter if they take or not, because they're not being tested by, you know, a specific body or organization, um, a governing body or organization, but, you know, they're getting assistance. Let's put it that way. So, and then the big piece of that, which I think Steph touched on is, is you have to really get to a specific leanness in order to see a lot of the muscle, which can mean a lot of things for women, losing your period, hormones and ballast, high testosterone, horm- like acne breaking, breaking out a lot. Um, that's really common for women. So what's right for you is just, you've got to decide what, how much time and effort you want to put into it. Do you want to put in two to three to four hours a day? Do you want to cut your calories a lot so that you lean out temporarily and get there? Um, Is this what you want to do with your life? Is this what you want to do with your body? And you have to assess, you know, how's your body responding? Are, are your hormones becoming like, just make sure you're tracking those biomarkers. Are my hormones becoming unbalanced? What's my cycle doing? Am I still getting a period at this weight? Am I, um, Am I able to rest and recover and feel good? Or am I waking up feeling like I have no motivation or um, I'm injured a lot? You know, your body tells you very quickly if the things that you're doing is not working for you. And so I think you just have to be kind of in tune with those thoughts and feelings and, and hey, I mean, go after it. I love muscle. Like if I had more time and I didn't have kids, I'd spend more time in the gym and I'd be lifting more and I'd be trying to like really get more muscle, like a muscular back, but that's just not where I am right now. So I get it. I think it's a great goal, but um, I think we got to change the definition of role models. There's people who 
who spend a, a role model instead is really just a person who spends a ton of time lifting and working out and cutting their calories and displaying it on Instagram. That's all. It's just somebody who yeah. has, decides to spend their time differently. And the the people I know who do that, like really struggle with the way that they look and comparing themselves to others. I mean, not everybody, yeah. of course, but you know what That's I mean? True. Like just achieving that amount of muscle mass or leanness, yeah. like doesn't make that problem go away. You know, like the, right. the only way to opt out of that problem is to opt out of that problem. Yeah. Okay. Question number two is from Leah. She says, I know th- both of you are big exercisers, so I don't know if this would be hard to address or how to get to get exercise when you hate working out. I, I walk probably 4,000 steps at work. I do super long hours. So I'm completely wiped out when I get home. I do aquatics therapy twice weekly in the morning. We try to take walks in the evening, but it's getting darker earlier. We do have Wi-Fi with a balance board and that can be, oh, we do we. <laughs> We do the we with the balance board. I'm like, we do Wi-Fi with the I read it the same board. way at first. Okay. Yeah. And that can be fun. Otherwise, I really dislike working out. Before the pandemic, I went roller skating, but gained some weight. I'm nervous to get up on them until I've lost some weight. I can't do any floor work with like Pilates or yoga due to back problems, just running out of options for working out that appeal to me. Even taking walks kills my hips and I'm hobbling along, trying to enjoy it through intense pain, sad face. Yeah. So, so there's a lot here and I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to tell you to, you know, just like, (laughs) I think what, I think that you do have like a hard job and long hours on your feet. It's exhausting. I mean, there's so many different ways we can become exhausted and that is, is is one of them verify. And so, um, one of my initial thoughts was, uh, make your workouts really short and energy giving sometimes if you want them to be. So something that I would maybe play with doing um, is find a time in the day, maybe before work, but so you're not like exhausted when you come home, if you can and take seven minutes seven is a good number or like pick, pick a number like that small (laughs) 12. And if you can, if you have them lift some weights or do something that is muscle building for a short period of time. And that doesn't cause you pain. You know, that's not going to risk your back or what have you. If there's anything on the list of, of workouts, uh, you know, some curls or maybe some squats, if it doesn't hurt your back, um, something simple and muscle building. And that could for quite some time be like a base that you build off of into, and you could end up finding that you do seven minutes and you're like, Oh, Hey, I feel like doing 15, but I don't have to do 15. Part of the hugest problem that we have with being motivated to work out is we set too big a goals. You know, I was thinking the other day, well, and the last podcast we did, we talked about like the craziest workout norms or um, diet norms, something. And today I thought about uh, P90X, <laughs> which I never did I personally. that. But it was like a super, super, super intense workout thing that people like got into because it was like, oh, I'm going to be like intense workout. You do it twice and you're like, nope. (laughs) 
mean, I'm just kidding. I never did it. And I just, I don't have any personal experience with it, but, um, when it's a psychological fact that if you give yourself like something to do that you don't want to do, <laughs> um, it's going to be really hard to do it. And even if you start it and you're thinking like, Oh, I have 20 minutes left. Now I have 10 minutes left. Now I have five minutes left. If you're like counting on the clock, if you're measuring, if you're like, can't wait for something to be over, it's extremely unsustainable and actually like depletes your energy. Right. And so I really, really like, and I know I talk about this all the time, giving myself a very low bar at the beginning. I, I know that it seems like I'm like a hyperachiever, but I, that's because I start with really low bars. I mean, it's not the only reason, but like I start with a really low bar and, and then I'm like, oh, that felt good. I can keep going. And, and, and just thinking about like that, because as tired as I might be in my life, like curling like 10, you know, just like 10 reps. I'm like, oh, that feels good in my muscles. And I can put it on and walk away, you know, but like just that little bit of um, dopamine or adrenaline, just a little bit can be actually energizing without draining my willpower, right? Mm -hmm. Like energy without draining willpower is like so huge. It's, um, and, and great. And then when you feel your willpower start to drain or you start like panicking about how tired you're going to be at the end of the day, like set it down and walk away and say, all right, well, I'm just going to come back tomorrow. So that's something, you know, to, to consider. I'm a huge fan of doing the Wii thing. If that's, if that's fun, you know, like I, I'm so on board for like the fun and don't do stuff that hurts. Definitely don't do stuff that hurts, you know? Um, and I would also maybe while playing with this kind of possibility, I mean, there's other things you can look into other kinds of activities that you enjoy. You know, you mentioned uh, gaining weight perhaps during the pandemic. Um, and you know, all of our eating habits changed and we went through times and we develop emotional X, Y, and Zs with our bodies and our food. And, um, and so in the meantime, you know, while doing that, it, it might be, you know, really worthwhile to dig into like that, what that experience was like for you you know, dig into what you went through into like the emotions that were a part of your experience at that time and how maybe that might have been related to food. Right. Um, and because again, we're talking about building sustainable, healthy habits. And so we pivoting towards like the most nourishing food choices we can make, I think is really, really good for us. And so it just becomes a question of like, okay, so how do we do that over time? Right. So we're talking about exercise, but also like food is food is a part of that. And if you can help yourself sort of dial into finding a food rhythm and an emotional relationship with food that is conducive to this food rhythm, um, then that can like, that's, that's like, that's a really big piece of, of body fat is, you know, like, how much we're eating and and when and the quality and the inflammation and like that, all the health stuff, like, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. like yeah. exercise is, is an important piece, but like, there's so many pieces to this puzzle. So, um, you know, diving into both the emotional aspects of that. And the, of course the, you know, the physical stuff, you know, maybe you went through physical health changes. A lot of us were so stressed that like, you know, that has an impact on your physical health for sure. Um, yeah. so there's, there's a lot of layers. So two things I'll recommend just to add to that, because I feel like you touched on everything really well is one, I think what you need to enjoy this is to do it with somebody. And so if you can find, this is the stage in your life where you just have to like find a personal trainer 
who you enjoy being with and will hold you accountable. And you can do short, keep it at 30 minutes. So you're doing a warm up. Maybe you're doing some very specific exercises that help with back pain or whatever. And doing a warm up and then you're lifting for 10 to 20 minutes with them. They'd give you a set or two to do and you can talk through it and they can encourage you. And it's somebody you like hanging out with and then you can leave and get out of there and you're done. And that will do wonders for your health. If you're walking and you're hobbling through intense pain, don't do that. That's not fun. Also in the dark, in the cold, not fun. Um, What's going to get you out of pain? If you're if you're weak, you're not feeling good, you've gained weight, you have back problems, you're in intense pain, you need to strength train. <laughs> that is it. Um, I feel like, but you need personalized help because it does sound like you have some things going on. So this is why personal training to me, this is where it makes such a difference because you're going to have a personalized program for you. They will help you make sure that you're getting stronger without being in pain. I can tell you as somebody who was in pain for years and hobbled along and couldn't even stand up, like now I can, my entire body, it took years. It wasn't like I did six, a six week program. It was out of pain or even like I worked out for six months and was finally out of pain, but a good year or two in, you know, I'm like, wow, I can act my whole body engages. Now I'm strong. My hips are not aching. Like I can do a full deep squat and stand up and not like be off balance or, or, you know, tilt over or bend forward. Like I can stand up straight. So working on that mobility and that strength with a trainer, I think will be great for you. Um, another thing that I would be really, I think would be great for you is, uh, Peloton, even though hopefully they'll be around for a while, their stock's plummeting. <laughs> but I do, if you like the Wii thing, I think one of the things that Peloton, I think they exploded too fast and that's really what happened. But it's a genius, genius program for people just like you who aren't really that jazzed about working out, but want to be entertained. Um, there are some really hard workouts in there. So don't do the intense stuff. Don't like, do anything that says beginner and find somebody that you connect with and that entertains you and they will talk through the whole thing. And it'll be, you know, if you find the right person, it'll be the person talking about, oh my gosh, in the nineties, we used to do this. And it's just like, you know, fun entertainment. It's almost like talking with a friend and you'll see other people doing the workout with you or making comments. And it's, I think you would really enjoy being on a bike so maybe for Christmas, ask for that. I think you would really enjoy being on a bike because that's going to strengthen your hips. It's not going to put you in severe pain. It's going to be comfortable for you. You can get your heart rate up. You can enjoy it. You can interact with people. You can laugh and you can just do a 15 minute workout. That's it. Start at 10, 15 minutes, work up to 20. Um, I use the Peloton app. I don't use the Peloton bike, but I think the bike would be great for you. So Black Friday is a wonderful time of year because brands feel obligated to put everything on sale, and that is great for you, especially if you're a fan of magnesium breakthrough, probiotics, and digestive enzymes. In fact, you'll get 25% off site-wide starting November 21st, so listen up. Magnesium is a mineral that quite literally can change your life and health. It's estimated that over 90% of Americans are deficient in magnesium, which is a stressor on the body, and its demand goes up 
in times of stress, so it's a one-two punch. Being deficient in magnesium is linked to migraines, sleep issues, heart disease. There's even an inverse relationship between magnesium levels and risk of stroke. That is serious and something we should be spreading the word about. And even more critically, there's not just one type of magnesium that works. Now, I'm normally a big advocate of getting as many of our nutrients as we can through a well-balanced diet, but in this case, it's almost impossible to get enough magnesium taken through your food alone because our soil is so overworked and mineral depleted. Fortunately, Bioptimizers has a great solution. Magnesium Breakthrough has seven types of magnesium and it's specially formulated to reach every tissue in your body. It gives you access to the full spectrum of magnesium, which can dramatically improve your overall health. Bioptimizers is having an incredible Black Friday special offer starting November 21st through the 29th. You can get Magnesium Breakthrough and all the products at 25% off. This is the best deal they run each year. Go to buyoptimizers.com forward slash wellfed and use the code wellfed10 to get 25% off your order. And if you're listening to this at a different time, you can still use the code wellfed10 for 10% off. If you don't love what you get, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. Again, that's buyoptimizers, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash wellfed and use the code wellfed10 to get 25% off November 21st to 29th. Okay, question number three is from Stephanie. She says, I am five months postpartum, breastfeeding and starving. I feel like I eat a decent amount of filling healthy foods, eggs, avocados, fruits, slash veggies, but I literally cannot shake the feeling of hunger all the time. I'd like to start focusing on healthy fat loss, but don't want to tank my milk supply. And I'm worried about getting even more hungry. Any advice on general management of hunger in this stage of life, as well as how to move forward with gentle fat loss would be appreciated. Laura said, uh, I second this three months postpartum here. How do I feel okay with eating everything I need to postpartum? I don't want to under eat, but I also don't want to gain a ton of weight. What's the balance? And Taylor says, yes, this. Um, well, I, I would, I, I would say, um, eat if you're hungry and, um, I mean, I, I, I sorry, I don't mean to sound flip. Like I, I'm serious. Yeah. Uh, This is a extremely like the don't compare the amount of food you're eating right now to maybe any time in your life, (laughs) including having baby, like even including like being pregnant and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Noel, but like breastfeeding is like the most, like it's incredibly energy intensive. And so just go for it. And, And, you know, you say, I mean, you're eating very filling foods. You're eating the fiber, you have the eggs, the avocado, you mentioned fruit slash veg, but what about like cake, <laughs> you know, like, like throw some calories in there. And I, I don't, you know, it can be gluten-free cake. It can be paleo cake. It can, it, Noelle makes amazing desserts. Subscri- hit that subscribe button. Like <laughs> You've got a huge energy demand. So go ahead and like, like I used to, I used to have a friend who was just one of those people who just like, eight and eight and eight or like could you know what I mean had yeah. like the super and used to dip Snickers in peanut butter and oh, chocolate yeah. and Nutella like go ahead and be that person for a while or what I mean I'm just you know because calories yes. are important calories are nutrition yes. you know it, it, there's an abundance of calories in our world today and so there's so much of it is about like fewer and fewer and fewer but actually like calories are a very important source of nutrition that's why we eat <laughs> Yeah. Not the only reason we, but so, um, yeah, eat and, um, you know, everybody's like, well, how do I get my pre baby body, whatever, all that, all that. I mean, 
take time, you know? Um, yeah, take time. Uh, this is very early, very early postpartum. Um, and life is uh, kind of long. So, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it is. You bring up a really good point, which is like, be more chill. Okay. Be more chill about this. You do like, and I, and I think that that's the general theme that I would have for women postpartum is like, chill. You do not, you know, not in a, not in a, um, talking down to you kind of way, but like a, like we, you deserve to relax and to take your time. And our society loves to get you think women thinking about getting their body back right away. And three months postpartum, you should be, you know, getting in, getting into those workouts and thinking about losing the baby weight and all that stuff. When in reality, it is a long process. You just went through a very traumatic experience, sometimes both mentally and emotionally, along with physically, your body went through a major stressor. And three months after all that happened, whatever, four or five, six months after all that happened, you do not need to be thinking about how do I lose weight? And I know I don't want to be dismissive. I know you're like, but I want, that's what I want right now. I get it. But when you commit to having a baby and then to breastfeeding, you're committing to your body literally producing the food for another human. And that three to six month period, it is very normal to be hungry and tired and need to eat a lot more. Because if you think about it, as your baby grows and gets bigger and bigger, um, they need more calories. That demand goes up and you don't really, they're not really eating a ton of food at six, seven, eight months. Even if you start to bring in the food a little bit at six months, the portion of their, the large majority of their calories is coming from use usually sometimes still exclusively at six months. So you have now a large child, not a newborn, a large child, you are feeding single-handedly from your body. So that's, that is a lot of energy. And I don't want people to forget too, that you just went through a nine month depletion of physical traumatic, physical experience. And that is very nutrient depleting. Now you are sleep deprived. Now you are energy deprived, you're time deprived. So that's additional stress on your body. So the fact that you are not losing weight or your body hasn't quote unquote gone back to where it needs to be is 100% normal and biological. Really, you your body is not in a stage where it's like, I need to be losing weight right now. No, your body's in I need to like take in as much as possible because not only have I just given birth, I've created another human. I've completely been depleted of nutrients. Now I'm, I'm making food for somebody else and I'm trying to keep myself alive and I'm trying to thrive myself. So I think it's totally normal. And I just want you to be more accepting of that and more relaxed with like, cool. I'm hungry. I'm going to eat and enjoy it. Right. And I mean, we say that maybe a little bit flippantly, but I do think, you know, it's nice to have that mindset of for the, for a year postpartum, for a full year postpartum, you should be thinking about eating, supporting your body, just getting the nutrient status back up. You want to take away one of the, like a big stressor right now, your body's under so much stress. So how can you remove 
a lot of the stress from your body. You can eat, you can eat and be in sufficient caloric status. You should, you can have enough nutrients, be, be really thinking about how can I make sure that my body knows it's safe, that it's fed, that I'm getting my nutrient status back up. It takes a full year to get your nutrient status back up after pregnancy. And there is a common misconception that if you breastfeed, you're going to get your body back. You're going to lose weight. And that's just not true. It's not true for so many women. It wasn't true for myself. Most women, while they're still breastfeeding, your hormones are a little bit wackadoodle. You're trying to eat a ton because you have to support your child. You're under more stress. You're likely getting up more in the middle of the night because your baby needs to eat more frequently. I would say a large portion of women do not lose any weight because they are breastfeeding. And that changes after you, after you wean. So I would more start thinking about this just from a mental and emotional life is long. That's what Steph just said. Your life is long. And for somebody who felt like they were in it and the breastfeeding journey felt like, you know, every day felt like a year. Um, I still look back now and I'm like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. That wasn't that long, but in the moment it felt like a lot. So I, I know, I know how it feels, but you know, take it one day at a time. You have the rest of your life to be, you will get back. You will get back to it. You will get back into the gym. You'll have more time on your hands again. And you can focus a little bit more on, on being intentional with your food, maybe reducing your calories a little bit. Because I will say when you eat more with pregnancy and you eat more with breastfeeding, you're in this like, you're in this stage of like, now you have this new set point for like what you need and what you need to eat. So I remember maybe at like 15 or 16 months postpartum before my son turned two, I had to have this moment of like, oh, I'm not breastfeeding anymore. Like I don't necessarily need this much. And so like, I kind of had to titrate it down and figure out what was right for me and what I felt good eating and what, what it was really bringing in the workouts again, that helped me reevaluate that because I had to say, oh, I don't really like it when I eat a big meal at night, or I don't really like it when I eat a dessert at night, because then I don't have this much energy in the morning, or I'm not recovering as well for my workout. So you'll learn that again. You don't have to rush to do it now. What you can do right now is just take care of yourself and eat what makes you feel good in this moment. And it takes away your hunger. The last thing your body needs to be is like hung. Like if your body's telling you I am hungry, it's because it needs, it needs nutrients. Mm. And maybe consider bringing in some carbs. Cause I did feel like the question of like, oh, I've, um, I've been eating a lot of healthy fats. Yeah. 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 So, so I think you might, might do well with eating, like bringing a lot. I remember I did ate so much rice when I was breastfeeding a lot of rice and a lot of potatoes, because that was just a quick way to get a lot of calories in. Um, And then drink element, which people probably have been hearing this. I had my husband, I was like, can you please make some element? Cause my throat's getting tired. Um, But the element has um, minerals in the water. And that is so crucial because one of the things that could be making you feel really hungry too, is if you, you're not actually absorbing the water that you're drinking um, because you have to produce so much water, you need to take in so much water for breastfeeding, switch it over to element and see how that does drink element.com slash well-fed um, switch it over to element because now you're going to have your electrolytes, your minerals, will help, which will help your body absorb the water better. You'll produce the milk you need, but you won't be as dehydrated. Um, okay. Last quick question. Our little finisher is from Bethany. She says, green powders, are they worth it? I see so many that love AG1 and Organifi. I'm three months postpartum and I would love to focus on all the nourishment for me and my little. I'm skeptical though. Um, so many have adaptogens that I think are fine for nursing, but of course not much research on it. Yeah. So if you're going to supplement, you know, just make sure it's, it's a supplement, right? Like, um, and 
it should definitely not be something that you think might threaten your health. So if there are adaptogens in it that you're worried about for whatever reason, right, there you could probably find a, a formulation that is suited to you, right? There's so many there's so many options out there these days for different kinds of powders that you might want to add. Uh, and I would just, I love greens. If I can eat greens, I'm definitely going to. And they're still... Uh, if you buy them frozen these days, you know, I know that a lot of, you know, prices of things, I don't know um, how much that plays into anybody's decisions, but um, I, I love frozen. Um, and I mentioned that recently on the podcast, I love frozen, they're nutrient dense and uh, relatively uh, affordable these days. So, uh, but if you're looking into smoothies or what have you, because you're running out of time, or you just want to increase your nutrient absorb, or, you know, the amount of nutrients you're taking in, you know, and experiment with it by all means go for it. You know, it's not, that's not something that I personally do, but I also know people who do it and love it. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And Noel knows more about this than I do. So I'm going to stop talking. Yeah. I probably, I won't um, so three months postpartum, you're trying to focus on all the, all the nourishment. Um, I would one first, make sure that you're getting in good minerals first and foremost. So make sure that if you need like a trace mineral drops, you're doing that. If you make sure you're getting magnesium, make sure you're drinking element for hydration some, or something like an electrolyte mix. Um, I do like green powders. I like powdered adaptogen mixes because I like that you can mix them with cold water or warm water. Um, I'm not personally a green powders person, mostly because I like my big salads and I eat a lot of greens during the day. So what I feel like I'm missing in my day is more, I want something. I love the adaptogens that really help with like focus and, and energy support. So that's why I like drinking Organifi red juice. And to me, it probably the best tasting one out there. I have tried a lot of things and I couldn't, I just couldn't get behind it. Um, I do like Organifi's green juice, but really what I like from the powdered adaptogen mixes is like the nighttime reishi stuff. Even when we used to talk about, there's another brand that we used to talk about, I think it was called four Sigmatic. I couldn't really get into the four Sigmatic stuff as much, but I really did like the nighttime reishi drinks that you could mix with hot water. So I would look at it more from the perspective of, let me make sure I'm getting my minerals. Let me, let me make sure I'm getting my fat soluble vitamins. I'm eating high quality protein and meat and stuff like that. And then use the adaptogens. So I think I asked Aviva Ram this question about adaptogens while breastfeeding. She said no adaptogens while you're pregnant, but that when you're breastfeeding is generally fine or she thinks it's fine. I know there's a lot of people probably who have opinions about this on the internet and there's probably a lack of research than they does. But if you look at how adaptogens interact with your body, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I think most, some, a lot of opinions on the internet which, you know, may mean one thing or not, um, would be that it's generally safe. You just have to kind of test it and see what works for you. Um, and again, pick out certain adaptogens that you are excited about. And that kind of like reishi for me is very chill, chilling, you know, it, it helps you kind of relax. And so for me, that I would be fine doing that while I'm breastfeeding, but you have to kind of figure out what works for you and do your own research. Um, and then the energy and the focus one in the morning, I think that that might be worth it, especially if you're trying to look for a replacement for caffeine. It's so funny because now Steph loves caffeine and I'm like, I used to be the biggest coffee drinker and now I'm like, I can't do caffeine, but I love my adaptogens in the morning for energy. So um, 
red juice in the morning, I think is great. Um, but that's not, I mean, it is, it will be a boost of nutrients, but you know, if you feel like you have gaps, you know, it's fine. Just make sure that you're looking at the ingredients and that there are clinical doses of the adaptogens. That's kind of what my thing is. And, you know, make sure that you're not just getting a a powdered drink. That's a multivitamin, like make sure that it actually has clinical ingredients and, and nutrients in there. And it's not just like a whole bunch of synthetic vitamins. So. Anything else from you? Nope. Okay. This was fun. 402 in the books. And thank you guys for being here. This was um, a fun way to spend our day. Steph looks great. If you guys can go and look at our Well-Fed Women Instagram, you'll be able to see her a gorgeous blue little shawl thing. It's her perfect color. Um, and you'll see myself in a very basic white sweater. So don't judge me. Uh, for more from Stephanie, healthstoempower.com, at stephanie.ruper on Instagram. And then I am at coconuts and kettlebells on Instagram. We love spending time with you and we will talk to you next week. 